0: Welcome to This is Fucking History with me, your host, Astrid Reinhold Elm, History Museum Curator, Bachelor's and Master's in Archaeology, giving you history with no holds barred. Did you know the plague is still around? The most recent data from the CDC dates to 2018. I think they've been a little busy to update. And there was one case of the plague in the US in 2018 and five in 2017. The last deaths from the plague in the U.S. were in 2015, where four people died of the plague in 2015. In the modern era, most reported cases occur in Madagascar, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, and Peru. In the U.S., there have been over 50 cases of the plague, where all but one, which was due to lab exposure, was in the western U.S., 584 people died of the plague between 2010 and 2015 worldwide, which is pretty devastating considering during the 1400s, 500. No, sorry, let me count the zeros. 50 million people died in Europe alone of the plague. This was called the Black Death. The source of the plague is a bacterium called Yersinia pestis. A study concluded on DNA extracted from plague burials in France confirmed this bacterium was the cause of the Black Death in the 1300s and 1400s. There are three types of plague, the most famous being the bubonic plague, so named for the painfully swollen, blackening lymph nodes around the neck, armpits, and groin called buboes. During plague outbreaks, people would do daily checks of these areas to try to spot the plague as early as possible. The second type of plague is the septicemic plague, which spreads through the bloodstream. The third type is the pneumonic plague, an advanced form of the bubonic plague. It is the most deadly and dangerous type passing from person to person through airborne droplets coughed from the lungs cough into your elbows people the fatality rate of plague is 30% to 100% if left untreated which seems like a large percentile range if you ask me I feel like that's what somebody at the world health organization says if they have no fucking clue this disease has a fatality rate of 0 to 100% seriously a 70% spread Plague is spread via fleas from infected rodents, the ubiquitous image being the rat. The rat is infected with plague. It is bitten by the flea, and the flea, with bits of tainted blood inside of it, bites humans. The bubonic plague incubates for three to five days before the victim falls ill. Though the World Health Organization says the victim will experience quote-unquote flu-like symptoms, one to seven days after initial contact. Which, once again, seems like another shot in the dark estimate. But I'm not a doctor. After symptoms arrives, it is usually another three to five days before the victim dies, which could be anywhere from 30 to 100% of the time, apparently. Though it is believed the fatality rate for the mid-1300s outbreak was 80%. The disease spreads more virulently in the summer and dies off in the winter when the fleas that spread the disease die. The first plague in Europe was the plague of Justinian in 541 CE, which wiped out half of Europe's population before 700 CE. Recent studies believe they have pinpointed the origins of the plague to West Asia near the Black Sea. Europe and Asia both saw a number of plagues, but none so bad as the one that ripped through the continents in the 14th century, killing an estimated 20 million people in less than 10 years. It was called the Black Death. This particular iteration of the Bonnet Plague was born in the steppes between the Caspian and Black Seas in 1346. Plague reservoirs, like this region in West Asia, are areas that are usually the foci of outbreaks of plague. The Black Death itself may have been named after the color of the characteristic buboes of the disease. Or it was a mistranslation of the Latin word atra, which could mean terrible or black. But there are worse things to have come out of mistranslations. However, it was not called the Black Death at the time. That was a name that it garnered later. At the time, it was known by various names, one of the being not inaccurately, the great dying. Here is a great quote for you. All the citizens did little else except to carry dead bodies to be buried. At every church, they dug deep pits down to the water table, and thus, those who were poor and died during the night were bundled up quickly and thrown into the pit. In the morning, when a large number of bodies were found in the pit, they took some earth and shoveled it down on top of them, and later others were played on top, placed on top of them, and then another layer of earth, just as one makes lasagna with layers of pasta and cheese. I bet you will never look at pasta the same way again. Uninhibited, even the most remote villages could now be stricken by the plague. Ship transportation caused an unpredictable pattern of outbreaks. It spread the disease to new corners of Europe, Asia, and Africa. The only two countries in Europe that appear to have been spared the ravages of the disease are Iceland and Finland. This is primarily due to their lack of trade and their geographic isolation. So I guess the Vikings were okay. So as this spread throughout the throughout Europe during the mid-1300s. Let's talk about some of the cures and scapegoats, basically who they blamed and how they tried to cure this outbreak in the 1300s. I'm sure this will be extremely scientific and not at all racist. So contrary to popular belief, the church did not accuse witches as being a cause of the outbreak. In fact, the church didn't accept the existence of witches until 1484, over 100 years after this plague. It is a common misconception that the co- Pope called for a massacre of cats, since they are associated with witchcraft, which let the rat population explode and actually caused the spread of the Black Death. No such call was ever made by the Roman Catholic Church or the Pope. So this is something that's really interesting, and it's a false narrative that I've seen a lot. The Pope never made this call. They do say that there was a papal bull. Uh, I've seen sources say there was a papal bull, which is kind of a proclamation by the Pope, to kill all the black cats because they were associated with witches and witchcraft. I couldn't find any such papal bull ever being recorded. And honestly, I think this actually comes from a later outbreak of the bubonic plague uh, during the 1600s. Where, yes, in England, this had nothing to do with the Pope, called for a massacre of cats and dogs. I believe they killed 40,000 dogs and 80,000 cats. But we now know that the plague comes from fleas that bite rats. And cats actually helped cull the Black Death because they would kill the rats that carried the plague. So this actually did happen 300 years later. This was something that happened, but it had nothing to do with the Pope or the Roman Catholic Church. So... They didn't believe it was witches, but that's not to say they didn't look for someone to blame. Lepers and beggars were blamed for the spread and transmission due to the lack of cleanliness amongst those groups and illness. Jews were also accused of causing the plague in many parts of Europe, uh, except for Italy and England. Um, The latter, England, had actually exiled all Jews in 1290. So they allegedly had no Jews in England. The persecution of violence against Jews was so bad that Pope Clement VI had to condemn these acts in 1348 amidst the plague outbreak. And this is actually another highly ironic series of events because Jewish people actually got The plague less than other groups. They had a standard of cleanliness that the Christians at the time did not have. Um, It was was just they have hygienic practices. Uh, The same with Muslims. They both had hygienic practices that actually helped cull the plague. Um, They were less likely to be to attract these fleas and to get these flea bites, and they were also much cleaner. So actually, the Jews got them less, which sadly might have been the reason that people, other than anti-Semitism that has existed since this time and even before, it might have actually been because they weren't getting it, that they were blamed. That's just speculation on my part. But people were still desperate to find a cure. Medicine at this time called for bloodletting, Boil lancing, burning herbs, inducing diarrhea, and bathing in rose water. Um, other means included coating the victim in mercury and baking them in an oven. Um, needless to say, that didn't work, but it might have killed them otherwise. When these methods proved ineffective, some people began flagellating themselves in repentance. The Pope also had to condemn this practice in 1349. The actual methods of controlling the plague that worked were quarantines, border control, and spy networks. The first quarantines in recorded history were carried out in the city of Ragusa, people had to carry health passports and cross-border control if they came into a plague-stricken area. And spy networks would report back the new plague outbreaks. So I actually came across some other interesting methods of preventing the spread of the plague or curing the plague that came out in the 1600s. One of them was syphilis. Or smallpox would make you immune to the plague. So if you had one of those already, you would be immune to the plague. Which is terrible and kind of sad, because then you would end up with syphilis and the plague. Or smallpox and the plague. Which... And honestly, why would you trade one for the other? Uh, But, you know, this was... This was the 1600s. I guess logic didn't exist back then. So something that I also wanted to bring up was that the image of the Plague Doctor did not come out of this early Black Death, this outbreak in the 1300s that we now know as the Black Death. It came out of a later epidemic of the Plague. The Plague Doctor's uh, this was actually... They came out in the 1600s. And the plague doctors, while they did seek to find a cure and treat their patients, found themselves doing more counting than curing. Their logbooks log are important records of death and the spread of the plague, but they pretty much just counted the dead instead of, you know, curing them. They conducted autopsies, testified and witnessed for the dead dead and dying, And some took advantage of victims with false cures. And general plague doctors, though, they did become a pariah within society for their close dealings with death, were considered brave and highly valued. There are cases of plague doctors that were kidnapped for ransom, and the ransoms were paid. So something else that I wanted to bring up when talking about the plague in particular is several centuries later in modern history, Uh, This is, during World War II, a unit called Unit 731. It is one of the darkest secrets kept out of history books. This unit was the Japanese Biological and Chemical Warfare Research Center, based in Manchuria, which is northern China. Never heard of it? The U.S. gave the doctors involved in this atrocity immunity at the end of the war in exchange for their research just like they did with Operation Paperclip and allowing Nazi doctors to walk free. Good job. Gotta love the great old U.S. of A. Any time information about this unit threatened to come to light, Japan and the U.S. quickly quashed it. Japan claimed there wasn't enough evidence for it. The U.S. claimed it was communist propaganda. Until the 1990s. Because that's how you cover anything up as you say the Soviet Union did it. This is actually not unprecedented. Like I said, the U.S. did the same for many Nazi scientists under Operation Paperclip, which only came to light many, many decades later. Unit 731 experimented on human test subjects. Usually Chinese civilians or POWs, they tested the lengths a human body could withstand. Doctors in training often practiced surgeries on their subject. They amputated healthy limbs and watched subject bleed out to see how long it would take. They purposely gave inmates disease, frostbite, bullet wounds, burns, and STDs through forced rape between victims. They performed vivisections, which are dissections on living patients, and all of this was done without anesthesia because it was claimed that the anesthesia would alter the results. Unit 731 brought about another epidemic of the plague in the 20th century. Victims were told they were receiving vaccinations in this unit, but they were actually injected with the plague. Some victims were chained to stakes in open fields and were bombed with flea bombs containing fleas infected with the bubonic plague. This was done to study the effects of such weapons and how effective they would be. They actually set flea bombs on Chinese military and civilians in Nih- Ningho and Changde, causing an outbreak of plague in those cities. At the end of the war, when Emperor Hirohito surrendered in 1945, the facility was burned down and the remaining living victims were shot. This meant there were no survivors to tell their stories, only the perpetrators. They were understandably tight-lipped about the entire operation until much later in life. When they burned down the facility, they purposely released plague-infected rats and fleas into the Chinese countryside, causing an epidemic which killed 20 to 30,000 people. Yeah. You think you know about World War II? There are so many things you don't know. I'd actually like to do more on Unit 731 in the future, but i just wanted to kind of bring this to light in because it is a very very terrible but strange use of the plague as a biological weapon and you know the plague we don't know this but is still around today it's it's still it's it can be it can be cured i believe with antibiotics and other drugs But apparently untreated, the death toll is between 30 and 100,000. So I hope you found this information on the plague interesting. I encourage you to look up more about Unit 731, though I will say it is pretty devastating and pretty dark, and there are images online that are extremely disturbing. So viewer discretion is advised if you choose to look up Unit 731. Thank you for listening to This is Fucking History with Astrid Reinhold Elm, presenting you history with no holds barred.